All right, we're back for more. Another show coming at you. Yeah. Live from taping. Well, I don't use tape anymore. Live from bits. He. I <laughs> love that people on the news or something will say, and we got that on tape. Right, did you? Let's go to the videotape. I still hear it. No, we've got it on flashcards. Something. Solid state memory. Let's go to the solid state memory. That it doesn't have the same ring to it. So, hello everybody. Yes. <laughs> and we we are enjoying another brisk, fun-loving time. So yeah, I, I apologize, Ray, like always, always, always What's I'm that? asking you. What? What is this category called? This week, we are doing some sports idioms. Sports idioms. Yeah, I, I, would, I would call it that. Sport category. I would agree with you this now. This might that be our first. You reminded me. Sporting category. <laughs> I don't recall doing any other sport idioms. No, you're right. It might be. Although there are probably more in the list to do. I think there are some to do and some that are uh, pretty obvious. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get some of those and we'll get some uh, better ones, maybe. Yeah, there were a, a hunk load of obvious ones. Sure. Happens. Yeah. But yeah, sports is our topic for this week. All right, what, what, sport us up. What do you got? I'm going to jump right in with a hat trick, which uh, jump right in really doesn't relate. Hat Eh, trick. You jump in sports. Sure. But hat trick, I guess, would be defined, I'd define it as a single player scoring three goals in a sporting type of game. We think of it as hockey. Generally, we think of it as hockey, uh, also soccer, um, but... Even if, again, I personally would, if someone had scored, say, three touchdowns in an American football game, I'd say they got a hat trick. You know, I mean, we would use it, I think, and it wouldn't be lost if you if you took it out of hockey or soccer. But it is generally related to hockey and soccer. Seems funny in baseball. Oh, yeah, you're right. It really does. I mean... Because what would it be? Would it be it three be home runs. runs? Yeah, if you got three home runs, you but got a hat trick. But That's there's a thing, that- though, isn't it? See, home. See, they're, they're, baseball would be confusing because if you hit a home run, other people on the base, there might be three people. Right. They all come running so you in. scored. Or they may be nobody. Yeah. So how do you count three? Yeah, how do okay. you get a... So baseball. So that's why they never did yeah. that. Get out of here, baseball. <laughs> glad we worked that yeah. out for you. Well, you appreciate what we do here. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that everybody does. <laughs> right. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I guess I would say that from my perspective, uh, it... Hat trick was made popular by the NHL in the forties. Um to like I said, to describe a player scoring three goals. Um the Hockey Hall of Fame, however, says the genesis of this term came when a Toronto businessman named Sammy Taft promoted his business by offering a hat to any player who scored three goals during an NHL game in Toronto. Uh, uh, a hat. A hat. He was a local What year? This uh well, this was nineteen forties when the uh, well, a few years into the league's formation. They must not have been paid very well back then. That's all you get is a hat? <laughs> I think Wasn't it was a, a really nice hat. It was like a, a PR coup. Yeah, but I've invited Emily Mead here to eat, and she hasn't shown up. Well, like, I'm going to give away free food. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's similar, maybe, but slightly different. <laughs> it's a hat. Okay. Um, Let me roll with the idea that this hat must be a really nice hat. So Alex Coletta, I'm guessing, a speedy forward from the Chicago Blackhawks, 
uh, took Sammy Taft up on his offer. Uh, it says 1946. Get out. He took a liking to a fedora. But the story goes he didn't have enough money to, to, to buy it. So uh, Taft offered Coletta the hat for free if Coletta scored three goals that night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. NHL player can't NHL buy player. his own hat. I mean, you know, this is a new, I guess it's fledgling league. We're, we're after the expansion. No, we're not. We're still pre-expansion. So, yeah, we're only uh, six teams. Right? Yeah, I, I, I don't. Okay. 1946. You're just you're just a guy doing it for the love of the game, man. Putting it on the ice. That's yeah. But uh, the story goes. So the legend goes. Uh, Coletta did exactly that. He scored four goals. And I'm gonna get that damn hat. Six plays. Like I want that fedora. Because uh, they're nice. You know who doesn't like look a little classy. I'm just saying. Um. So the yeah, he scored four goals in a six-five loss uh, to the Maple Leafs, um, and then apparently the the media attention of Alex Coletta's hat trick kind of took took headlines by storm. And he got his hat. Uh, you know, sure. There was no rhyme or reason to it. Taft told the Hockey News in 1992. I just for some reason said, "You go out there and score three goals tonight, and I'll give you a hat." The trick was to offer the free hat. That's <laughs> that the right. trick part. <laughs> Um, that's a lovely story. And there are similar stories like that story, but... Uh, this started out that way, so that's that's not going to be it. Right. Ah. <laughs> it, uh, you know, it it goes back farther than, than the NHL. Uh, it goes back to the origin uh, of the sport of cricket, which I'm not 100% familiar with. No. But, I think we came up recently, and we probably wrongly quoted a yeah, mallet okay. or... Some kind of thing, right? Generally. Yeah. We're not great at stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we try, but, you know, sometimes. Well, it's, it's yeah, some sport things or whatever. Right. <laughs> I'm an indoor kid, personally. Um, the, the BBC pointed me to uh, 1858. Uh, a bowler is a player. H.H. Uh, H. Stevenson. Wait. What's that? Bowler? Bowler is a player on a Not cricket a team. I know. This kept coming up and back, and they kept saying bowler and bowler. And I'm like, wait. But it's a person. It's a person, but I'm wondering, like, did yeah. we get that term? We gotta, That's another one we got to do. Yeah, I think bowler's older than that, but go ahead. Yeah. I don't really know that. Well, cricket goes back 1600s. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, it is a sport. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's um, a tricky sport. Interesting. Looks Sorry, tricky. I sidetracked myself. Yeah, I, I, I'm good at doing that. H.H. <laughs> um, uh, Stevenson, uh, playing for an all-England squad against a team from South Yorkshire. Uh, he took three consecutive wickets at Hyde Park Cricket Grounds in Sheffield, uh, which means that he hit the wooden stakes. This is a note to myself. I'm, a, I'm sorry. Everybody's not familiar with cricket, including myself. He hit the wooden stakes behind the batter three consecutive times. Uh, this is good. This is good. A collection was taken up for H.H. H. Stevenson, uh, and they used this collection to buy him a hat that was presented in a recognition of his accomplishment. <laughs> is one flavor of the story. Um, there's some other flavors where uh, a bowler striking through folks out in a row, collection taken up, and they bought the bowler a new hat. Or sometimes... A hat was passed around to take up a collection to give the person money. 
as in, you know. Yeah. So it, it, it's got a rich, rich lore to that. Um, you only pass the hat if for three goals. Right, if he, gets, if he gets the goals. Then, get then goals. we pass the hat. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the... I guess there was a hat trick referring to magician, which I'm going to just briefly touch upon, but it seemingly this existed well before that term. But a magician's hat trick is first referenced in 1858. Professor Wiljada Freckel, a clever German conjurer who produced an infinity of objects from a hat. <laughs> oh, he's a magician. Yeah, magician. Yeah, yeah. Conjurer. Yeah, conjurer. You know, that's that's the rich language. Produced an infinity of objects from a hat. That was his hat trick. Um, but did he produce three goals? No, just uh, just infinity objects was no exactly. So there's no correlation. No, I was just more of a people say a hat trick, and you can think of a magician's magical hat again. Yeah. <laughs> do you, uh, do you know when the first three goal games of the NHL were? Ha <laughs> uh, ha. I. I have no idea, but wait a minute. Didn't you just say some guy in the 40s, right? Were you talking about a guy in the 40s did it or something? That wasn't the first three-goal game, necessarily. That was but just I'm saying, hat trick. Yes. I was just using that as a point yeah, of reference 1946. to say it was before that. It was before that. But uh, you know, I'm just going to throw a number out, like 1932. Nice. Good, solid guesses. Yeah. It was actually the first night of the NHL League, December 19th, 1917. 1917. Yeah, two people players. People weren't ready. They weren't ready yet. That, <laughs> like the goalie, he wasn't sure. The commander said, don't worry, I don't have the authority to kill you today. Which was positive for that day anyway. In 1993, Chris Moon was captured by the Khmer Rouge while clearing landmines in Cambodia. With survival probability low, Chris was brought in front of the boss. He was just given a local nickname, Mr. Clever. Hi, I'm Steve Windus, host of the Batting the Breeze podcast. I'd love you to check out how Chris survived, along with some other great human stories at battingthebreeze.com. Hopefully see you there. Yeah, it was a high-scoring game. The, the rules are different. They change, you know, they change the league over time. They make it high-scoring. Sometimes they make it a low-scoring game with good defense. It just depends. Some teams do some things, yeah. The, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins used to donate hats thrown on the ice to um, a Boy Scout project called Hat Tricks for Humanity. But I don't see that project existing anymore. what they do with the hats? Uh, some folks donate them, for sure. Some leagues um, have, uh, I guess, lucite containers in their lobbies where they they just throw hats into and they you know show them off, store them out. Some folks, I mean, I'm, I'm of the idea that once you throw if if a player th- scores three goals and you throw your hat on the ice, your hat belongs to that player. Oh yeah. So, you know that's that. <laughs> yeah, your hat's gone. <laughs> they they talked about some people actually they would they would you know people will come sometimes will take hats out of the out of the crowd or not the crowd you know what I mean the the, the crowds of hats thrown and sometimes people will take them sometimes they don't sometimes they donate them it seems like the each team kind of has their own sort of protocol. I'd rather throw twenty dollar bills. Yeah, have a have a twenty dollar bill trick. Yeah, <laughs> screw else. the hat. What am I gonna do with this sweaty thing? <laughs> it's a trophy. You yeah, know. yeah. Um, hat trick though. Hat trick. Hat trick. 
Dun, dun, dun. What uh, what's your first sporty spice term? You know, I have the word ringer. Ringer. Okay. Ringer. Yeah. <laughs> what? I just think of Big Lebowski. Sorry. Why? What was sitting there? He throws out the fake, like the money. He's Walter has a suitcase full of his underwear and throws that out instead of the suitcase of the money. Oh, right, says, right, The ringer right. has to have weight. Can't look fake. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. No. Um. So, ringer. Wow. Um. <laughs> I guess I was, you know, as many of these using it wrong a little bit. You know. Okay. To me. I I thought I thought you'd use it sort of interchangeably in the way that you use I think I think we would use it in baseball pinch hitter or something you know where and I guess they're not allowed to do this all the time or God knows I, I I'm really horrible at this but suppose in the lineup yet you, you had you had a batter it was like the fifth and we had some people on base yeah and then. All of a sudden, the pitcher is up, and I, I know that the pitchers always suck at batting, right? For Historically, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you go, man, we can't have the pitcher batting. Where we got all this chance to score. All right. Yeah. So you pinch. You yeah. So yeah. you substitute one in sure. a better batter, but I don't think you're allowed to do that a lot. What makes a batter better? I really don't <laughs> know these rules, but. I thought if you did that, that was a ringer. You know, that was like a thing. Okay, someone coming in for someone else. Yeah. And I guess I, I kind of could see it as being a, an identical twin type of deal. That's because of you hear dead ringer. Right. Right. He's right. A, a dead substitute. ringer for that person. Yeah, it was substitute for that person. But right. I guess it's, it's, it's what you're saying. Yeah, it is still substitute. Yeah. The pinch hitting of sorts. Yeah, I got you. But I'm going to cut right to the chase. Huh? That's an idiom. Yeah. That was one of our first ones. We did that one. I think it was one of the first ones. Who are you, Joe Hollywood? Yeah. What category was that in? I think it was a Hollywood one. Oh. Entertainment? I don't know. Huh. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so there, I guess this must have been like late 1800s. Okay. Where whatever college why don't we start having college football, you know, then around then. I don't know. And um college teams would sort of trick their opponents by bringing in older, better players. <laughs> oh really? And they got caught <laughs> because, you know, back then you got you married, everyone got married, you got married right away, you know, usually most people so they had rings on, and so you knew. <laughs> Come on, ha ha! Get out of here! Ah, uh, yeah. I'm not. No. All right. <laughs> so that's a ruse. That's not true. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. I was there until that part. I could have sold that a it little. It was longer. going, and then you got too greedy. I mean, I had to get the ring. Yeah, I just it got it came too soon, maybe. <laughs> Too obvious. I'm sorry. And you jump to conclusions. So, all right. But, and this has come up before in one of yours. Yeah. But the, the truth of the matter is, this is where it belongs. I think in one of yours, it was it was an untruth or it was some, some I don't remember the, what yours was. It was a graveyard shift. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they used to bury people before 
they were dead. They didn't know. Maybe you were in a coma. Maybe you just passed out and they just drag you out. I'm feeling it. better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel happy. So, yeah, that's the... Yeah. So they'd put these strings and bell apparatuses in the coffin so that uh, you had a chance of, of notifying the grave digger that you, you were down there and needed to be dug back out. And that's your dead ringer. <laughs> <laughs> but we know that's not true. We also know that's not true. God. <laughs> I mean, those things did. They, they, there were. Did you see blueprints? Though they did make those coffins. There were a few that existed. Yeah, because yeah. because it did happen. It did happen, yeah. and so people were worried. Yeah, and you know, if there's a some fear to play on, well, I'm going to make a thing to sell you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'll make you that. Um, but in all honesty, <laughs> sorry, folks. <laughs> Just having a ruse with you. <laughs> Sometime in, let's see, 1893, we see it in print for the first time. Well, that is Dead Ringer. You brought us into the Dead yeah. Ringer world. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just uh, dance around in there for a split second. But it describes Israel Williams wearing a wig would be no longer Israel Williams, but would be a Dead Ringer for Wellington just before the Battle of Waterloo. So mm. they're just describing somebody that they put a wig on, they'd mm -hmm. be a, a look-alike for that person and using dead ringers. So they were using that already in late 19th century with much casualness. Yeah, it was already part of the language then. Yeah, for sure. So there's, there's some other little oddities that I'll dance through quickly before, uh, before showing you the true path of uh, reality with it. There's an odd one that I, I, I ran down a few paths trying to find more about, but was thwarted. But ring caster is a term that was used for people surreptitiously exchanging hats. And <laughs> the two words, ring caster? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. And that was troublesome for me because I really wanted more for that why change hat yeah but the way that it's talked about it would suggest that these hats were how you were spotted or seen or identified more easily so if you changed the hat throw you play a shell game mm -hmm. and throw off anyone that was following you but it's a um it's an elusive term that but it's a term that exists, meaning that the people had to do this often. <laughs> it couldn't have been often, okay. but the term enough for the, somebody to make this term, right? Yeah. Huh. Um, also, uh, now, now this plays into more of the history of it. Uh, there's an Australian phrase, but also I'm going to say English that's uh, derivative mm -hmm. of "ring in," and "ring in the gray" was somehow a term that meant you know, you're gonna you put a fake penny in for a real penny. Okay. This is at a time when a penny uh -huh. was worth something that would be worth your bother, you know, to fake someone out with a fake one. Um <laughs> Ring in the Gray? Ring in the Gray, yeah. Okay. And that's that's a a duplicate penny, basically. A fake penny. Fake penny. Like a wooden nickel. Yeah, yeah. All right. So so to that end, mm -hmm. the the ring in it was a, an earlier British phrase, you know, to ring in the changes. The term ring in uh, would, would sort of mean to swap in. 
and and that's okay. That's where that ring in the gray ended up in Australia with the, with the penny business. Yeah, uh, but it originated in England. Sort of a you know you could use it out, put in whatever you want. Ring in, <laughs> yeah, you know. So, uh, but it 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 meant to swap in. Okay. Uh, so you know, so to speak. So none of this has anything to do with. By the way, while I'm on here, um, you know, the, the put through the ringer mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah, that's a whole other world. I'm yeah. doing a lot of that today. You know, huh? Sort of just like uh, like <laughs> touching on some of those other ones. Here's some other things. Here's some other things. But I'm not going to go there either. Sure. But I'm just telling you. Yeah. You know, just just to tell you, don't <laughs> expect the ringer. Thing to come in because that's that's different. That's something else. Yeah. So it turns out the real truth of the matter is um, this term that would have come from England early on and gotten us that penny thing um, really came into play in American horse racing, oh. where you would uh, it's cheating really. <laughs> He's, <laughs> he's no good for nothing, cheaters. Yeah. Um, you'd have a sucky horse uh, in a race, All right. and you'd have another good running horse, let's say, that looked like him. Oh. And, and everyone would know the sucky horse. Yeah. And then you'd, at race time, you'd hide the sucky horse and put the number and saddle and what have you on the good horse that looked like him yeah and he was you'd ring you'd ring him in you'd swap Swap him him in in. and he was a ringer so (laughs) such a good idea yeah it's a good idea right and you know only select few people would know and they'd bet on the sucky horse because it had good odds and he'd be like wow well you're dumb you're betting on that horse and then ha ha that's awesome yeah my grandma always told me never to bet on horses. She's like, never, Raymond. You never trust them. You can't trust them. I, I guess she knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on any horses. But um, that is that after all of those jokey jokes. Yes. And, you know, the the married football guys, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> but the truth is that. And then so Dead Ringer... Is so so that horse looked like the other horse, yeah. um, and so it just became uh, sort of analogous with lookalike in a lot of ways. So that was so he's a ringer. Mm-hmm. You ever see him? He's a ringer for Marlon Brando, mm-hmm. and Dead Ringer has nothing else to do with it except to make it more emphatic. He's an absolute yeah, ringer. More, more so absolute, yeah, yeah, Dead gotcha. Ringer. Uh, or the people in the coffins Maybe. with the bells could be they could do be. exist. Yeah, no, it's the it's the absolute <laughs> look alike. <laughs> so ringing has always kind of meant swap. Yeah, huh? And they tell me, I don't. Know, maybe I know we have some British listeners. Yeah. Maybe they could uh, let us know if it's truly used uh, prevalently over there. But they say it's made its way back, and so it's common, like. Um, you know, because I've seen it even in some of my research to import uh, a British car, you know, looking into that stuff in recent years. Mm-hmm. That and, and car thieves would do it all the time. You have a crashed Mercedes yeah. at the junkyard. You get the VIN plate. You put it on a stolen one, mm-hmm. whatever the hell. 
Um, I mean, if you don't do this, but if if one was to do this, if one was to do this, <laughs> then uh, you'd call it a that's a ringer. Yeah. So, and I guess that's being used again uh, in more prevalence back in England. So hmm. it made its way back home, hmm. and that's ringer. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. So. I don't know. Well, we have a hat trick of ads ready for you to enjoy. Allswell believes in the power of a good night's sleep for all. Their products feature innovative technology and unbelievable comfort and support without deflating your wallet. Combining the best of both worlds, the Allswell features hybrid mattress technology with memory foam and individually wrapped coils. For a winning blend of comfort and support, follow the link in the show notes for financing as low as 0%, a 100-night risk-free trial, free shipping and returns, and a 10-year limited warranty. Designed to make good sleep accessible to all. Real luxury, unreal prices. Allswellhome.com. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at BigScienceMusic.com. That's BigScienceMusic.com. So, yeah, uh, we're back, and we're enjoying life, and in general, sorts of natural goodness that comes with it. And idioms, Ray fell asleep. I'm yeah, no, right I was just, I'm like, I was worried where you're going. I was yeah. just listening, listening. No, just enjoying life. Yeah. So, sports idioms. Sports. So, I'm going to continue on right. our trail that we were on. Sporting. Our sporting trail. And so, this one, rubber match I have. Rubber yeah. match is not one that was greatly familiar to me. I don't know that one either. I don't. I don't believe yeah, rubber match. I think I know the. I know that it's a phrase, but I I can't tell you what it means. You can't. I can't. All right. Well, I'm gonna tell you. All right, great, because I don't know. <laughs> it's like so. So you you've from time to time taken in the hockey. Let's use hockey, right? Yeah, sure. So they're getting those series, those playoff series, or whatever the hell they are. There's like seven mm-hmm. games, right? Yes. So when it's a three-three tie. Then that next one is the rubber match. And so that means someone's going to lose. Mm-hmm. Good time, Charlie's got the blues. So, <laughs> okay. Right? Someone's going to lose right. um, in this match because this is the That's rubber the match. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I get, okay, why rubber? Well, I'm going to. No, gonna, no, sure. I'm, I'm just trying to, like, yeah, I'm like thinking it through. Like, okay, that's. If that's the game, I guess you could just call it the deciding match, and we'd we'd be done. With it. <laughs> Go ahead. But uh, yeah, we can't just do that. No, sure. Got to have stuff. Best of seven doesn't really roll off the tongue. There's a game, and I looked this up. I watched some some people play it. Okay. Uh, so they're still playing it. It's called bowls. Bowls. Like like, like the. The vessel that you might put soup in. Sure. Okay. But different from bowling. Okay. Uh, this game is like has rules that are freakishly complicated. 
Um, but there's no way I wouldn't be able to learn it. Yeah. But it's like a lot of other games in general principle, and that is like l- let me simplify it to the point. Somewhere. Well, let me simplify it. And any bowl players out there will be sickened by my description. <laughs> you disgust so I, me. I apologize. But you, somebody throws a white ball out onto this lawn. Okay. And I think the white ball is called a jack, but I'm not positive that, but I think so. Okay. And then in the most simplified way, because there's a bunch of freaky rules, but you try to get your ball next to that ball without okay. hitting it. Right? And there's a lot of games. Kind of like bocce. Like bocce and curling, they, they play a game with coins like that, pitching coins. I think like that. Okay, all kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? We have rules similar to this, but this bowls game is old. So we're talking 16th century. The the term rubber match found its way into usage as meaning, hey, you won two, and and he won two. So this next one. Is the rubber match? Sixteen hundreds. You're saying this is 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 we're using this term. The deciding match. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we do. Apparently, I don't play bridge either, but uh, cards. I guess it's it's commonly, uh, according to my friends who uh, give me research information, uh, commonly used in bridge. Hmm. All right. Okay. Here's where it gets tricky. Okay. Because you hear rubber match. And, yeah. And you think, well. Who's bouncing off of who? Right. Right? I, I would. Yeah, bouncing back and forth. Yeah. Like, I get, I, I would understand calling, like, the 3-3 the series tie a rubber match in itself, because you're like, oh, it's back and forth, back and forth. Or the game's back, you know what I mean? Yeah. But what do you got? <laughs> well, it's it seems tricky, and then uh, when you step back, to me, it seems simple enough. All right. Um, but you be the judge. <laughs> So there's there's two two things at play here, mm-hmm. and and I I think the etymology goes as follows. I won't have a lot of um, trickeration for this one. It's got its own bit of it built right in. Built right in, you say? Well, it's o- only that um, timelines seem to suggest one thing, but then you go, no, this is the same thing. So, <laughs> but this thing over here, okay. So uh, rubber, as we know it, is sh- short for what we people started calling India rubber uh, from uh, rubber trees, and then you would use this uh, newfound substance. But we eventually had balls and whatever else we used rubber in bands. I think that's a popular item. <laughs> the band variety. Yeah, the, <laughs> so, uh, but the first use of it that people people were like i guess this is all you do with this stuff is is um erase pencil errors mm-hmm. so okay. you would rub out pencil things oh okay so that's all well and good all right except it uh-huh. just isn't old enough mhm okay but look looking at at this etymology uh for example uh rubin a, a german word uh was I mean, define a thing with a thing, but um, was an item with that you <laughs> you rubbed with or something. Yeah. So, but it was it was the the noun and the verb is what I'm trying yeah. to get at. Yeah. Um. So 
more importantly, there's an old, older derivative found in in English as a as a rubber, which meant uh, a coarse file to clean or file, which okay, is still yeah. the same thing. You're rubbing, right? Yeah, but with a purpose, I guess. With a purpose. Yeah. So even though uh, to remove something, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to file down, mm-hmm. you know. You're removing material. Clean, right. whatever. Mm-hmm. So the idea that India rubber is its own thing seems crazy. It's It was just an extension of it because you all, all we did with it was clean off pencil marks we didn't want. Mm-hmm. We rubbed them out with it. And so you called that rubber. Mm-hmm. So the rubber match, while that is also very old and had to be closer to the original stuff to clean, to file it out. Mm -hmm. There is no written or specific connection, but it is the only word. It's, I mean, rubbers is only had this one path. Hey, hand me that thing with which I rub. Yeah. Or, or, (laughs) or, you know, you wouldn't then say this, the slangy way we might say now to rub somebody out. You wouldn't, you're not rubbing out your opponent, but it's the cleaning match. It's the cleanup match. Right. They're, right. It didn't get to rub someone out, but I see what you're saying. You basically, um, you're, you're, it's, you're cleaning. Yeah. It's the final yeah, yeah, yeah. one. Wow. And, and that really seems to be all there is. Now, huh. if I use this term more mm-hmm. or at all, <laughs> I meant at all. I uh, I might find it more, uh, but since I I never say that, I've just been taught that this is a term that some people say. This is the etymology for mm-hmm. that. You're cleaning them out. That seems to be it. There was there were some people speculating about the problem if a, if in bowling or not bowling, but in bowls, mm-hmm. the two balls rubbed together but i don't i don't see that context relevant in the 16th century that sort of terminology yeah and it's wonky wishy-washy at best anyway so i'm going with the with the clean you know you're clean it's a clean slate in it you're yeah. cleaning it this is it hmm. that's your rubber match i don't know what the heck happens in bridge but it's all going to be the same whatever they you've been bridged <laughs> yeah yeah huh that's what I got for your rubber match. That was interesting. Yeah. Unexpected. No. Um, my last, or of the, our last phrase of the, the sporting events uh, is go to bat for someone specifically, or go to bat for, if you will. You're a pinch hitter. Well, I mean, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're using this to mean actively assist, uh, provide support, or champion for someone, right? I go to bat for you. Yeah. Right. You defend them, you support them, or you take up their your their causes, you know? Um, this one is pretty straightforward and doesn't really have much mystery or information. <laughs> um, All right. The, you know, to go to bat for someone, you literally got up and, like you said, pinch hit. You got up and went to bat for them um, because they were unable to do so themselves. Were you a ringer? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if you're specifically a ringer, but you... Uh, a pinch hitter. Pinch I guess you hitter. could be a ringer, yeah. Well, you got to look like him. Right, you have to sneak in. You know, folks 
believe it was uh, 1916, American baseball was when we first started saying it. Even though the British used bats and cricket, apparently the phrase isn't very common in England. Uh, go to bat for someone. So they're assuming that it, it really does come to American baseball. I would go to bat for you. Yeah, but people will use it to go to bat for people. This is a simple one, isn't it? It's pretty it? simple, yeah. This may be our simplest one ever. Uh, I think it so. might be, yeah. Um, I, you know, you can go back, then the the word bat comes from Old English. The word bat, B-A-T-T, though. Club, stick, or staff. Well, that's it. <laughs> and then, uh, which goes back to Old French, B-A-T-T-E. Um from, from batter, I guess, to strike. That's where we get bat. But it, this one's pretty straightforward, everybody. Way. Go to bat for someone. You're going you're gonna to literally go to bat for them in a pinch-hitting sense, or you're going to go defend them, which is nice. Or, uh, you know, you're ready to help. And hmm. if you listen to our ads, you could go let us go to bat for you at the Roberto Clemente Museum. With that code we gave you for discounts on Roberto Clemente stuff. So yeah. that's something, huh? Yeah, go to bat for. <clears throat> it's a, a literal, a figurative usage of a literal sense, you know? Very literal. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's, All right. that's the end of the sports for this week. We, did we ask our friends to send us letters, cards, and letters, and thoughts? No, we did not. On Whole Nine Yards Pod. <clears throat> Whole Nine Yards Pod, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram. Yes. Yeah. And and send us stuff. Yeah. Uh, and we'll maybe send you back joyful thoughts. And we'll be happy to hear from you. Uh, give us a, some stars or review yeah. or anything that's nice in your heart you to some. help bolster our sense of standing <laughs> in life in general <laughs> and here with you. So... Right? Anything else? No, I think that covers us. It's quite sporting of us. It was very sporting. So, I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And we're we're not not idioms. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music.